What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 180 of your favorite podcast, The Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Mahaley, and I am joined today by my co-host, Megan Long. We are going to talk about the highs and the lows. Manchester Nationals, that was a high. NBC Universe, that was a low. So we're going to chat about it. We're going to chat about what happened, what went down, and how to bounce back. As always, episode 180 brought to you by Revise. Something's brought to you by Raw. Someone choose to come to Haley at checkout to support your boy. Please give us a five-star rating and review. 180 is going down. I'll see you inside. Hey, and we're back with another episode of Grow or Die. If you did not know, this is the podcast that you clicked on to listen to just now. <laughs> I'm back with uh, Megan today after we went to NPC Universe and we did not accomplish <laughs> at all what we wanted to accomplish, to say the least. Is there anything more that really needs said? Literally no. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I try to constantly do as a coach with each of my athletes, and you know, Megan doesn't stray away from this at all, um, is I try to set very realistic expectations. And, you know, yeah, the reality is, sure, on the podcast, I'm about win, 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 right? I also, I don't prep someone who I don't think has a chance to win, you know, at least their class, you know, um, on a regional level. And I'm grateful to, you know, have athletes that have that capability. But I always try to keep in mind, this is the reality. So say, say someone wins an overall championship at a Porsche. Now, you can win an overall championship of a Porsche show and still be a really good competitor, one who's competitive on the national stage. But if you win an overall championship at a Porsche show, because the reality is you were the only, like, you were the competitor that sucked the least, like, for, you know, with, without putting it too harsh, I guess that is a little harsh. But you like, only have to be who shows up. Yeah, you only have to be who shows up and, like, you know, crap showed up and, you know, you were just okay. Um oftentimes that'll drive people to be like, holy shit, like I want to compete at the next level. And like the reality is the next level that, you know, they, they're, they're not close to ready for that. So, you know, as a coach, it's my responsibility to like make sure everyone's always primed with expectations and with my vision of their performance. Right. And like with you and I, obviously this past weekend, it was pretty clear, you know, what the, the expectation of performance was based off our previous performance, which, you know, was missing your pro car by one spot at, you know, an unbelievably, incredibly um, um, competitive show, and in a class that I like, like your class at Junior Nationals was way better than the class at Universe. Way better. Like, like exponentially better. Um, like, if I would have showed up how I did at Junior Nationals, oh, I would have yeah. won the class easily. Yeah. Very, very easily. You would have walked away with it. But the reality is, we didn't. You know, the reality is the ball was dropped, and sometimes the ball dropped on the athlete. Sometimes the ball dropped on the coach. Sometimes the ball, the ball dropped on both. Um, sometimes the ball dropped on you know outside items that are honestly going on. And I think this past week we kind of had all three. You know, it sort of happened. I like, agree. Um, and you know, that's that's at the end of the day, that's on me. It's uh, you know, correct and get fixed. And so we knew your physique wasn't where we wanted it to be. After the performance at Junior Nationals, you know, there was, like, you know, we were looking, like, day of the show, day before our show, I was like, man, it's just not responding right now. Like, it's not responding to anything at all. And so, if it's not responding to anything at all, it's, you know, it, 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 the, the why or the what becomes pretty fucking clear. 
that you know usually that that's going to indicate it's a stress response um, of like and like with Megan it's like like this is not the first time we've had a stress response going into a show but what's wild is like you're never like you're never really stressed going into a show are you no they always feel pretty like like how do you feel going into a show just so calm and just just like that's where I should be mm-hmm. like, I, I never really feel stressed but also I think you did a good job of saying that, like, I don't feel the stress. Just because mm. I don't feel it doesn't mean it's not there. Exactly. I do good about mitigating my stress mm. and convincing myself that I'm not stressed, mm. which isn't always necessarily a good thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of gets pushed away mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And, like, you know, this past show, man, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure. Um, that piled up. That really piled up. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that just kind of contributed to this not being the best. So from your standpoint, like how you doing mentally? I'm doing pretty good. Actually, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. When I stepped off stage, I was not doing very good. <laughs> I took my time. Um, mm-hmm. I had my fit, if you will, mm-hmm. but I didn't unpack and I didn't stay there. Mm-hmm. Like I have to move on mm-hmm. onward and upward, but mentally, I'm doing well as far as that goes, but I'm struggling with motivation right now for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's an interesting point, you know, right now because you are someone who, like, that's very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier today, you know, you told me you're struggling a bit with motivation. That's not something I've heard much from you, um, you know, ever since since I started coaching you. I don't um, think I've ever said that, ever. Yeah, yeah, so... But you went into the gym today, like, you got the job done. Um, you feel like you came out better. And honestly, like, at the gym, you looked way better than you looked on stage. Um, like, when you're lacking motivation right now, like, what can you kind of turn to to, you know, kind of dig it out, find it? And, you know, not just necessarily, like, well, the goal's still not accomplished. Like, of course, like, you know, there's there's something intrinsically um, igniting about that. But, like... What what do you kind of turn to or look to or like what do you fall back on like today? What'd you fall back on to keep pushing forward? Honestly, I was I was not gonna I was not gonna go to the gym. And when you said if you don't just don't train, you know, like we're taking a couple a couple rest days to try and just mm-hmm. like reset, get my body and my mind right. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and looked back at photos from this last weekend mm-hmm. and just kind of remembered how I hated how I looked mm-hmm. and how I felt in those photos and just I just didn't want to feel that again. Mm-hmm. So I just, I was like, I need to do this. I can't just rely on motivation. Yeah. I've yeah. never relied on motivation before, even though my motivation is always really high. Mm-hmm. When it is low, I just, that's when like grit comes in and mm-hmm. that's when just determination. Mm-hmm. You have to reach the depths mm-hmm. in those parts. And, you know, I can definitely relate to like the motivation always running high, not really having tons of issues with it. Yeah. Um, like even right now, you know, I'm kind of in between like, fuck, am I ever actually going to compete again? Like, or am I just like done? Dude, I go into my training sessions and my motivation to fucking kill it is so ridiculous. Yeah. It is not something you and I deal with. Um, but it's kind of part of being a professional. Yeah. Right. You have to have something else. You have to have an extra gear to fall back on. And that's something I've talked about on this podcast a lot. Like what happens when fourth gear doesn't work? Like, if you're relying on fourth gear that fucking long, some people's fourth gear is going to hold them over way longer than other people. You got to find fifth. You got to create six. Like, you got to keep going. You got to have some grit. 
Like yeah. sometimes you truly just have to get down and fucking dirty. And like, dude, those dumbbells feel heavy when you pick them up in the gym or that motivation is lacking. The last thing you want to do is finish out the second half of your cardio for the day or, you know, you just want to pack it up and, and you know, crush a meal, a soft plan or whatever. And even though, you know, make it's not really on plan right now, everything's just kind of intuitive and taking as much of a mental break and reset as we possibly can get. But like, at some point, you've got to be able to have something that's not motivation. I kind of feel like motivation's like, you know, gear four. I, I just hate using even the word motivation, especially yeah. when it comes to bodybuilding, because you do, yeah. like you said, you do get to a point where they're, it's taken me a long time. I mean, yeah. we're, what, 30 weeks in, and I'm, I'm finally like, I looked at him this morning, and I'm like, it's just not there. Yeah. Not even motivation to like. I don't even want to eat. Yeah. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah. I just, just was like, like you kind of like in a funk. Yeah, like yeah, like a little yeah. funk. Like I know what I want and I know what the goal is, and I'm and I'm not getting further from that. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just in a funk. So let me tell you why I've become okay with motivation. We actually haven't really talked about this. Why I become okay with motivation is because like, so I have the. Um, the Olympia picture up there from 2000, let's say it's 2015. Um, it's Sean, Kai, Phil, Dexter, Jay. It's hanging up in, in the podcast room. So every time I look at that, I feel motivated. Right? So I go do something. And I told you the story about the first time yesterday. I told you the story about the first time I ever saw someone with a million dollars in their bank account. Mm-hmm. Like, when I look back on that, it's like motivating. Um, like when I see people like doing really, really big things, like it's motivated, right? Like in bodybuilding, I'm fine with motivation. Like in athletics, I'm fine with relying on motivation to an extent, right? I'm fine with, I, I, I would, I would give that my fourth gear just because when you know what actual motivation is, like, and I don't think you can know it until you compete, right? Until you're on stage, you don't know what real motivation is. You're being judged in front of, you know, crowd by a judging panel has a certain criteria they're looking for for who's going to win that class. And then, you know, the overall uh, um, after the classes, you're being judged in very minimal clothing. But it's not about the clothing. It's about you're being judged off the work you put in. Mm-hmm. And there's no hiding. The, like on Instagram, there's hiding. You can use filters. You can, like, get the angle. You can have the down lighting. You can put the structure at 15 and the contrast to 8 and, you know, a little bit of brightness and fuck. It makes it fucking pop, right? You know, on stage, you don't have any of that. It's the brightest fucking lights, and you're against other people who worked really hard for this goal. Some of them have an unending passion for this goal, and some of them have an unending passion for just overall winning, an unending passion for clout, which that can take you far in this sport. It can. Like... It, it really fucking can. A lot of people hate it, including myself, but it can take you really far in this sport. It can get you a platform. You're competing against, other, against a bunch of other people who want to kick your ass. It's like the reality is for, you know, motivation is like my motivation every prep I enter is I just want to see if I can work hard enough to not get my ass kicked yet. Like the last two preps, obviously, it's worked out well. And like if there's ever another prep that happens, hopefully it works out well again. Like the reality is at some point you're gonna get your fucking teeth kicked in. Like that was you and I this past weekend, like with your result. Like we got our fucking shit pushed in. And it wasn't fun, it wasn't cool. So you get off stage and you know, obviously you're kind of crying yourself backstage. What was it that you kind of brought yourself back together? And I want this more so for the young competitors. 
um, or the people who listen who like don't lose much. Um, like, you know, the girl who won the overall, the prepping PA, she listens to this podcast. The lady who won the overall um, in the bikini at, uh, or a uh, figure at Junior National, she listens to this podcast. There are some people here who don't lose much. You know, congrats to both of you, by the way. Um, but there's people here who don't lose much. How did you kind of corral yourself? What was it that kind of brought you back together and brought you into the piece of what just happened? Because you made a comment to me backstage that you don't want to go up there and like show face, essentially. Acting like the people who were there, or your consumption, your current, in that state of mind, was the people here are going to be disappointed by me. But the reality is that's not true. What did you do to kind of corral yourself in that moment? I, I kind of took ownership for for my placing and my physique, like not blaming it on you, not blaming it on any external factors. Like I, I did it to myself. Mm-hmm. I got too far in my head. I let the outside pressure just consume me and, you know, personal life things just kind of get the best of me instead of staying locked in like I should have. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know what, this is my own fault. Like I deserve mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. you you kind of warned me about it earlier in the week, you mm-hmm. know, to stay locked in. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't stay locked in. Mm-hmm. And so um, for those of them that don't know, I don't I don't cry at shows. Yeah. I usually, you know, I've placed bad before. I wait till I get home. I wait till, you know, I'm by myself and I, I face it and I let it happen. But this time backstage, I was, I was disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. Very disappointed for how I just handled things. And just my performance, even on stage, you could see that I was not happy with yeah. how I looked. Yeah. So I was disappointed and even that I wasn't happy with how I looked, I could have like outposed how I looked. Yeah. And I let that, you could see, like I said, in my overall performance that it was just not my best. Yeah. So I was disappointed in that. And I know there's going to be more shows. So I was like, you know what? This is a learning lesson. This is a learning lesson that I need to figure out how to get my shit together, my stress together, mm-hmm. and just... Be and just better. crank mm-hmm. and yeah. just be better. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's you know a very important note. You know, I was watching you after like first call out comes, but you know there's there's ownership on my end too. You know, we kind of had the talk yesterday because I was like looking at you two days out and I was like, this isn't going to be competitive. Like this isn't what we want. And honestly, I should have pulled you. Mm-hmm. I definitely should have pulled you. Um, I, I I regret that. I've also I've never faced that in my coaching career. Being like, oh, we traveled there, we're here on the national stage, pro qualifier, coming off that performance. Like, yeah, I should have pulled you. And, you know, that's a mistake that, hey, you got to make the mistake to learn, right? So, like, now next time that happens, hey, I'm just going to pull the athlete. I'm just going to tell him. That's like, why you asked me, would, would you have been okay if I said I need to pull yeah. you? Yeah, I would have been okay. I would have trusted yeah. you. I knew two days out that mm-hmm. we weren't better than we were before. Yeah. Even if... Even if we were the same, that's not the goal. Mm. The goal isn't to be the same. The goal is to be better. No, we, we were not better. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, that's a large part of bodybuilding and judging is, you know, when you're at the pro qualifying stage, when those judges see you a lot, they place you based off you being better. Mm-hmm. So, and, and to note to that, um, you know, I think there were like seven girls in the first call out maybe. Seven or May- eight, yeah. Yeah. Megan was right there with those girls at the end. But Megan didn't get that call out because she went from second place with this just granite physique to where she was at now. Like she didn't get that call out because she didn't deserve that call out in the judge's eyes. Hey, you can have the the physique, you can have you know whatever, but we just saw you get that much worse in nine days. 
you know, now we're going to USA's and, you know, things going to pull together. Things going to look good. She, she will absolutely 100% be bringing her absolute best to USA's or she won't do it. But I feel extremely confident in this plan we have ahead. Let's talk about that. So how do we bounce back? How do we show resiliency? We bounce back from extreme failures. We have this huge failure that happened. Holy fucking shit. The sky's falling in. The world's falling apart. What do we do to bounce back? Because the reality is, hey, you can say all you want to say before the show. I mean, Megan, you know, before the show was like, hey, you know, I know that this is a really competitive show. I might slip back here. I said that to yeah. you right before. I said, I'm staying humble. I know exactly that yeah. how bikini specifically yep. works. I can go from second place to second call-outs real quick. And look what happened. It, that's exactly what happened. But the reality is when it actually fucking punches you in the mouth, what do we do? So let me talk about kind of what I did as a coach here um, and, like, the timeline of how I approach this situation. Is you have to know your athletes, first and foremost. So with Megan, obviously, I would say I know her pretty well. I have to know that, hey, she needs some time to cope here first. So I didn't come backstage right away. I probably came back 10, 15, 10 minutes later because mm-hmm. um, I had an athlete in class D. So I let your class finish. I let class C start doing their thing. Then I came back. Yeah. Um, so number one, I just acknowledged what happened. Hey, got our ass kicked. It's a tough place to be. I don't try to show your code. I don't try to be like, you know what? You performed great at there. Nope, we sucked that day. And we, it's not you, it's, it's we, you know, this is my work too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like that's, that's my performance as well. We as a collective unit and how I coach, I think it's a majority me, um, in terms of the actual final product, the work to get to that point. Oh yeah. That's all the athlete, but like the actual final product, I think my athletes trust me enough to just execute, execute, execute. Uh, such a high level that I think it's me, uh, the, fin- the finished product. Like, well, I just got my fucking ass case, right? So what do we need to do? We need to shift our focus towards mastering or acquiring a new level of skills to help us not have this level of failure anymore. So I had this conversation with Megan about, hey, stop focusing on turning pro. Focus on the process that it takes to turn pro. Because I think Megan does a good job of it. But I also know that, like, the pressure kind of builds up. And, I mean, after you're that fucking close, how can you not obsess over it, right? So I just said, hey, let's master just loving this process. Because the reality is, like, once you're pro, you don't ever get your amateur days back. And, like, this is all part of that journey. I said, look, I said this right backstage. Your physique's ready. Your physique's there like it's it's there see she was posing up there and during all of her transitions you can see the striations but there was a massive stress response that was happening that was epinephrine related you know we have it dialed down that was happening that just made her look so puffy and there was nothing we could do to control that like the extracellular water was very high really everywhere like even your face like it was it was it was wild to see and it wasn't from like a water sodium manipulation it was you know it was a direct correlation to an epinephrine response so when the physique's that fragile when megan has one of the most fragile physiques i've ever worked with when the physique's that fragile man and cortisol's too high and epinephrine adrenaline it's gonna freak out and that's kind of what we saw here so shift towards focusing mastering your skills 
But I also think it's I, I, I think it's important to note what went well. I watched Megan go up knowing that she didn't have her best physique and in her individual she actually I, I thought she showed a very impressive presentation. I thought it was very good. Um, I thought she looked very professional and the way she handled herself when the adversity was hitting was also very, very, very professional. And so I commended her for that. I kind of, um, you know, praised her for, uh, or just encouraged her for, you know, being that way and handling things that way. Cause man, most competitors don't, <laughs> most competitors do not handle it that way. But you know, that showed me, Hey, you're ready to turn pro like in your physiques ready. I think from the mental approach on stage, it's ready. And we're just like, someone said it perfectly in your Instagram comments. It's just out for delivery at this point. Like we just need to go fucking get it right. I think it's important for the athlete and the coach to embrace the uncertainty. Um, see after junior nationals, like that was a win in our book, you know, second place finish. Like at, at that stage, that's, that's a huge win. And people who are in bodybuilding know like, Oh yeah, that's big. And people who are outside bodybuilding won't really be able to relate. But that's a monster, monster, monster win. Yeah. There's still some people that are happy we lost. And I'm like, we, yeah. they have no idea that we did not yeah. lose that show. Yeah. Those people, <laughs> those people aren't achieving anything in their life, but this is very much so Megan as well. Like a win means everything is good. And in the moment of a loss, she thinks that like everything's kind of bad. <laughs> it gets very doom and gloom. And I have <laughs> other athletes like that as well. But obviously that leads to a lot of stress, leads to a lot of anxiety, leads to, like wanting to be safer uh, with like how you're playing. Like, man, what, what's our, what is our approach? How safe can we be with this approach? Not from right, like, like safety from injury, just from like safety, sa safety to like, um, like, coddling almost how can we coddle this into something different um i think the reality is is i just waited on her to kind of i knew she was going to turn this introspective and i knew that she was going to assess kind of where her attitude um like where her behaviors were that like leading to that but like the reality at the end of the day is like megan always has her effort to fall back on her efforts always fucking spectacular like you didn't get that because you didn't go hard you got that because there were other things not lined up. If you got going hard down pat, there's a lot. There's a ton that we can do. And that's exactly, I mean, we were sure that. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So I asked Megan a few times backstage as we were talking, like, how are you feeling? What are you thinking? All that stuff. I think it's important to question the fears because obviously, like I just said, she was very doom and gloom back there. And there's a lot of worst case scenarios. And it was like kind of like catastrophe after what just happened. Right. When you really just, Hey, I didn't get the answer. I wanted when I asked her how she felt, not the first time, not the second time, not the third time, but every single time I asked her how she felt, she had to think about it. And you just have to like stop and think internally. Well, it makes you think more rationally. Right. I realized my work there was done. And like, that's when I left and I kind of laid it in your hands and you bounced back really quickly after I left. Um, so like, I think that's important as a coach. I think it's very, very important. Question the fears. Because, like, the reality is you're not that placing. You're much more that second-place finish at junior nationals than you are that placing, right? Um, understand social support's very important to bouncing back. This is why your social circle is so fucking important to you. And actually, Megan's doing a Q&A on Instagram right now. She was talking about, like, if people don't support, you know, it, it wasn't this cliche, but she basically said people don't support their entrepreneurs anyways, something fucking like that. Um, having a strong support system is very key to bouncing back from setbacks. 
Um, it reduces your vulnerability to stressful situations. And whether performance is good, uh, bad, or anything in between, having that support system is something you can always fall back on. So, you know, I was talking about how Megan was like, I, like, I'm embarrassed. And, like, I don't want to go face, like, the reality out there. Dude, A, everyone's there to support you, win, lose, draw. It really doesn't matter. Um, I think you can always also fall back on your own support system, like what you have internally. And Megan has a very strong internal support system in the way that she carries and handles herself. And that obviously helps a lot. It kind of, it's part of like personal growth. It's part of like um, knowing what you bring to the table type thing. Um, that just, you know, that enhances her overall effort. It helps, you know, helps her deal the stressful situations. Hey, I know what I'm doing. I know what this is. I know what's on the other side. So, like, Megan's put the work into herself to be a great athlete. This is probably this is probably the biggest one, is you have to foster resilience. You know, I talked about a study a while back on the Red Eye podcast where a bunch of Olympic athletes were talked about um, the key traits they have and, like, their performance and what got them to that level. And resilience is one talked about across the board, right? The way that you, um, like... I, I believe a large step of resilience is just taking responsibility or viewing things as an active choice. Like, well, I made the active choice to get on this stage with two pro cards online. This is going to be, you know, one of the biggest shows of the year. I made an active choice to get on this stage knowing we were less than a hundred percent. Like it's something I had to do as well. Internally. These are active choices that we made. You respect, you took responsibility pretty quickly. It seemed like, I did. You took responsibility. And then you start kind of reflecting internally. Um, But we constantly keep an overarching focus on just improvement. Like, now does it even matter? Like, does it even matter that much? What's different in life now versus if you would be a pro? Because you'd still be in prep for your pro debut. Right. You'd still be having the the same protocols. Right. You'd be in the exact same place mentally. The goal's not different. Your motivation would be low. Like it might even be lower. It might even be lower, to be honest. So what in your life would have changed just based on the current situation? Now, if we go to USA's, if the if 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 you know what's out for delivery gets fucking delivered, we'll it, it all depends on what's going on, just like environmentally within yourself, all that stuff. It just kind of it, it depends on a lot of things. But the reality is what was gonna change? You're gonna have the same business, same amount of inquiry, same amount of everything, right? Like what really I'm going to USA's regardless. (laughs) You're going to USA's regardless. You got the same friends. You got the same fucking paycheck. Now is just, it's just going to make it even sweeter. It's just going to make it even better. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, and so I think that just fostering the resilience of, you know what? My time's coming. I've put the work in. I chose to be here. I chose to do this. This is part of the beautiful journey of becoming a professional bodybuilder. And that's something that very few people are even qualified to talk about, right? Like, I'm probably never going to know what it's like to actually be a professional bodybuilder. I am fortunate to know a lot of professional bodybuilders. And they all kind of share the exact same story. You're fortunate to be able to coach them, too. I'm fortunate to be able to coach them as well. Like, there's a ton of adversity that comes with, like, turning pro. I mean, I remember Nick Walker looked unbeatable heading into USA's 2018. It was like, that guy's not losing to anybody here. He was a shoe-in. He knew he was the shoe-in. They might as well have engraved that fucking trophy with his name to be Mr. USA. 
he shows up in prejudging and Zach Merkel's there and someone who no one was paying attention to really. And Zach beat him. Zach beat Nick. And you know, like Nick, like the newer pro champ. Yeah. The guy who might win the Arnold. Yeah. Guy going to the Olympia, that guy, like he got beat by someone who hasn't even made his pro debut yet. Now Zach Merkel's making his pro debut soon. He looks fucking, he looks hard good. I am really hyped for that guy. But like, this shit happens in this sport. And then it made it so much sweeter when he and Matt came back and there was so much hate yeah, thrown their way between then and North Americans. And everything got pushed back from COVID and everything. It made it so much sweeter when he and Matt came back and won that show. I feel like so that's much where, right where we're at. That's I feel like that's right There's where we're so at. so much hate. As well. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, we don't focus on that. Like we no. focus on where we're headed because the reality is most people can't even understand 10% of the vision, like 10% of the vision would be more than they've ever envisioned. And like, it's, it, it's a privilege to be in that position. Right. And the biggest part on my end for me, resilience, is the biggest part for athlete, biggest part of me as a coach, offer better feedback. It, the reality is in sports and, you know, bodybuilding, whether you consider a sport or whatever, setbacks are inevitable, but can you help an athlete avoid making the same mistake twice? Now, this is slippery slope because feedback can be a double edged sword. When it's done right, it can be extremely effective, but when it's done wrong, it can really hinder the you know, overall performance or psyche of an athlete very, very heavily. Um, I like using what's called feed forward, is something that we used. Um, back in and when I was just starting out in the strength and conditioning industry, uh, the feed for it is just put in. You'll, you know, I did this right away. I did this before I even talked to you. Is putting emphasis on what to do next and how to get better. And it's like having essentially like a strategy or suggestion in place for that athlete to be able to hold on right away. Well, the plan was already. I remember Nadia text me um, after I walked from backstage back out to the venue. Mm-hmm. She texted me. She said, do you have a plan in place? I said, oh, that's been done. She said, I knew it. Like, that, that, that been done. I had a plan in place from before I, before the moment you, you saw me pumping up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, the, pl- the plan started happening. Um, you know, I assessed everything from all the picks that I had from you, everything. The plan was happening. Or being formulated, if you will. Um, so, now... With this, you know, feed forward, feedback, type of feedback, Megan right away, and the athlete right away has something to grasp onto. Okay, like next time this will be better. And then all they have to do is it just stays execution focused. So the athlete doesn't have to be around going, oh my gosh, like what can I do? What are we going to do? What else? Uh, like, hey, you better have a plan right away. Like, I believe... That's really important, and I believe that's the trait of being a good coach. you got to have a fucking plan. When you get punched in the mouth, you need to have a plan, and when you win, you need to have a plan. After junior nationals, we had a plan. Unfortunately, the plan was hindered. Probably would have helped if you wouldn't fucking eat that cheesecake. But I I digress. (laughs) I'm just saying, she was definitely up 14 pounds. (laughs) I was not. You guys don't know Justin's the most dramatic person on the planet. So let me ask you, is it fact or is it false that you checked in on Monday with me weighing 119 pounds. 
I'm getting a call. <laughs> is it fact or is it false? It is fact. I did weigh 119 pounds. That you were 112.4 pounds the morning of show. Yeah. At Junior Nationals. So that's so, like 14 pounds. So, well, listen. I'm so, no mathematician. So, <laughs> that, the show was Saturday. Is that fact or false? That's fact. All right. You checked it Monday. Is that fact or false? Fact. All right. We were up seven pounds Monday. Yeah. On Sunday. Yeah. We flew home. We were like back on track. We crushed some cardio. We did all this stuff. We sweated and hydrated, all that stuff. And then on Monday, we were still up seven pounds. You think pounds. I lost seven yeah. pounds overnight? Yeah. yeah. You are high. No, over the day. <laughs> over the day. You had 24 hours. No, there's no yeah. way. You know my physique would not lose seven pounds in one day. My <laughs> yeah. physique will lose about half. No, I... <laughs> I think, all right, you're up at least 10. Okay, I would. Minimum. I will agree with 10, even though I don't agree with 10. <laughs> I would say 9. 9.999. <laughs> I was up 9.999. Whatever. Travel, inflammation. Come yeah. on. Okay, those things. So, anyways, anyways, it would have helped. You know, I had nine days to pull off fucking seven pounds yeah, and a yeah. physique that had been pushed to its brink already now we got 27 dude 24 what 24 right i don't know i think it's 24 oh, I, I hope it's 27 <laughs> gives me more time <laughs> this show's on friday that'd be nice it's on a friday it's friday saturday i don't know oh man how, then how do you know how many days it is you don't even know when it is well now i'm questioning <laughs> it's at least 26 <laughs> okay, we'll go with 26. Oh, so much time. Yeah, we'll go with 26. If not, we'll ask him to move back. Yeah. So, heading into the next show, like, how you feel? I feel really good. Yeah. I feel really good. I've already had such a good mental release. Like, I just feel so free mentally. Um, You you said earlier in the podcast, um, we're kind of just intuitively doing things right now and just having that it's it's so freeing and i don't know mm -hmm. if a lot of people will be able to understand like when you've been prepping for 30 weeks mm -hmm. perfect to the gram mm -hmm. i mean everything you put in your mouth mm -hmm. to the gram it is exhausting mm -hmm. i remember telling you before the show like i just want to put chicken in a bowl and eat it yeah, like yeah. i don't want to go and eat a bunch of freaking sweets and like yeah. binge like i just literally want to like make a salad and of not course. have to weigh every single thing that goes in it mm -hmm. it just gets exhausting so having these last couple of days just intuitively doing things has i feel like i have a, a reset yeah. a refocus when i was in the gym today i felt strong mm -hmm. um i did lap pull downs with 110 and i haven't done yeah. that in weeks yeah, i mean yeah. i've been at like 80 pounds just yeah. So I felt good. I feel good. I f so um, what was some advice you can kind of give to athletes who are getting into bodybuilding? Because the reality is it's not going to be, like, fun. It's not always going to be, like, the wins and the glamour and the glitz. Like, you're going to lose. And you're going to get your shit pushed in at some point. And it's going to be bad. And it's going to be hard. What's something that you can leave them with? I hate to be the, the one that says don't set expectations, but just just don't set expectations because you're putting pressure on yourself mm -hmm. that you don't even realize, and that pressure is making it worse. Yeah. Um, so don't set ex expectations. Expect to feel awful yeah. and to not have motivation every single day. Mm -hmm. um, that, that would be my biggest advice. Just. Yep. Keep fucking going. Don't get hyper focused on a placing. Exactly. Just get just hyper get focused your first on the show result. 
And what if you go up there and you hate it? Yeah. <laughs> just so, so, just go expect, have a good time. Yeah. And love the process. Like you yeah. said, you have to love the process. If I didn't yeah. love the process of these last 30 weeks, yeah. I would be miserable to be around. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. you, you have to love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good, and I think it's very important. Like, stay focused. Have an expectation on yourself to execute every single day, but getting hyper-focused on a result when the rea- re- the reality is this isn't like college football. Like, this isn't like football at all. Like, you can watch, you know, film of the other team. Like, you know everything about every player. And also, you don't know who the fuck's going to show up. No, you, like, you have no idea. You have no And trust your clue. coach, too. Like, yeah. don't question your coach. You hired them for a reason. Yeah. Tell us you're in, why are we doing this? Yeah. Why are we doing that? Well, why? Go, just go. Just, just fucking do it. Go full-fledged head. Now, if it's something Because at like least at the end of the day, you can say, well, I did everything my coach said. Yeah, yeah. If, if something's going to compromise your health, your well-being, you know, question that. But, yeah. you know, the reality is, like, a lot of people get hyper-focused on the why, what, how, and they need to be more hyper-focused on the just go. Go. Full speed ahead. Full throttle. How much can you give? And find more to give every single day. So, I think that's great. I think I love this one. I really hope that it helps people out. Um, Episode 180. I'll see you next time.